And welcome to another edition of the Making a Mark Wrestling Show on the Tell Me More podcast. I'm your host, Mac Moore, here again with Wade Christensen. How's it going, Wade? Good, man. Happy New Year. Well, thank you. And with the New Year, we have to look back because that's what people do, right? They do New Year's resolutions Mm -hmm. for looking forward at things they'll never do. And right now, we look back at our favorite moments of wrestling and the things... Wrestling's great because it's all about nostalgia. Like, yeah. if you've ever watched a pay-per-view from, like, four months back, like, one you hated, yeah. and you're just like, this is great. I wish wrestling was like this. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter how far it is. I can watch the Attitude Era. I can yeah. watch three months ago. It's always better to watch what already happened. Yeah. Um, that's strangely true. It's It just is true. But this episode will be the inaugural Making a Mark Wrestling Awards show. We are going to have our top winners of a litany of awards Mm, even ones that we didn't really have good answers for but you know what we did our damnedest to research and find the best ones even more prestigious than the slammies i think i think so yeah and this award show is brought to you by black t-shirts and my brother's willingness to share his wwe Mm. login so thank you matt good job paying all that money uh we're gonna get started here and you know i think no reason to this award is great because I think we're always looking to the future. Like yeah. the internet wrestling community is always trying to be their own, like the judge of talent. It's like they're the booker and they want things to go their yeah. way They're And you know, that's not really the case, but you know, at this point fans have pretty much taken over. So I guess they're more accurate uh, than they were in, you know, days past. Yeah. But we like to look at who's the guy who's going to be the breakout. And this year, 2017 we had a few, a few people I yeah. I, th- I think you know I I've listened to a few uh 20 se- best of 2017 podcasts already to prep mm-hmm. for this because you yeah. know I do my due diligence mm-hmm. uh pretty much everybody picked the same one and they picked the one that I'm pretty sure we went with Wade who do you have a breakout star of 2017 I mean I don't know who else it could be besides Braun Strowman um he has been the most dominant force in the WWE for a year now um and who would have thought? Like, who would have thought? Oh, when he joined the Wyatts as the as the black sheep, I don't think anyone thought that this guy was going to be as as big a star as he is um, today. Um, Luckily, I was not fully engrossed in wrestling at the point of the the black sheep thing, so ooh. I kind of got in towards the end when he was already had it under his belt, and I yeah. was like, I want that guy to be the guy, you know, just mm-hmm. this huge just you know what what do they call the the lifting that he used to do it's the the iron or strongman competition yeah, yeah those like he just has that look you know he looked like the mountain from game of thrones yeah. i don't even watch game of thrones and i saw it i'm like how couldn't you make and maybe he missed the the cut you know game mm-hmm. of thrones is already in its you yeah. know latter stages and won't come back yeah. for a couple of years suck it game of thrones fans you have well, to wait an extra year um and it's funny you say that because um, I know for a small period of time, the WWE was 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 actively trying to recruit the guy who played the mountain. They even had him uh, come to an NXT show and showed him in the crowd. And then um, it was put out that he didn't have any interest in the WWE. And it wasn't long after that that, boom, Braun Strowman appears. Um, so I think that's what he was there for. He he's there to replace the, the mountain. He was the second choice. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Bra- and probably the better choice. And I, you know, since I have Braun Strowman as my breakout star of 2017, I can say he's a pretty good second choice. Um, 
Yeah. Also, there's not really a great second choice for this category. Um, yeah, I was I going. Mean, who else could you? Who's who's had the year he's had? I, I don't know if anybody's had the year he's had. There is an argument, and one person I would say deserves some recognition. Alexa Bliss. Uh, she definitely went from people weren't even sure where she could stand in the women's division, as you have the four horsewomen as the focus of this women's revolution or evolution. Honestly, they need to figure out which term I should use for that. <laughs> um, but it didn't seem like she had a place. And I, you know, you can testify to this. I was one of the first people to be like, that's the one. Yeah. Like, put her you, to the you top. You were on board immediately. And she, she did it. You know, she went even past the expectations I had. I thought she had the potential to be right there and to be a good foil for some of the other babyface mm-hmm. uh, women's wrestlers that they had. And instead, she took over the show. I mean, it became a point, you know, uh, we'll talk about this later when we pick women's wrestler of the year. Mm-hmm. But 2016 was all about the making history with Charlotte and Sasha. And that fell off when Charlotte, you know, went over in the shakeup after WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh all of the stuff that they rested on the year before was gone. And really there was nobody to like get in that vacuum and take over. Alexa bliss did. And she did it on raw going to the, you know, the flagship show. Uh, So I would argue she has some place in there. And I almost wanted to pick her because I mean, it depends on when you think bronze breakout was. And I would say, like officially it probably was in 2017, but it was in the latter stages of 2016 when the Roman feud started. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, first you get Braun going the, the same, if, if same, if the same Zayn match is part of the upswing and not the downswing. Mm-hmm. And I think fans are a little split on that. Like, was that the dumbest thing in the world or did that help Braun Strowman become the certified monster to some of the more, you know, Mark fans. I know that internet wrestling community was a little bit uh, more hesitant mm-hmm. on that. We were, we, we ripped yeah, that I, match I, apart. I, I was not on board yet um, with, with him until then. And I think I was already on board with Braun Strowman. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't necess- like you saw that it wasn't working the way that you would want it to work. Yeah. And it wasn't until into 2017. I mean, I guess if you want to say Fastlane was even a, a, huge misstep with him, you know, having the first match that he's pinned by Roman Reigns yeah. and it just being a very awkward match. And they had to like revive that rivalry after mm-hmm. WrestleMania. So if, if that's the way we look at it, then yeah, it was definitely 2017 and he was the breakout star by a mile. Nobody else comes close. Yeah. But I, I think Alexa at least deserves to get some recognition for what Absolutely. she was able to do. Absolutely. And then if you're not, if we're getting a little liberal with the term star Elias, was a breakout performer in terms of he's on raw with a, you know, 10 to 15 minute segment every week. Yeah. Uh, it's still going. It hasn't just gotten to the point where fans are done with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he seems to keep getting better at the pissing the fans off. Yeah. He's had a couple matches that weren't as impressive. And until he gets that, he mm-hmm. won't be able to do much with that character. But, but then again, he had some matches that were incredible, just like out of nowhere that like, Oh, we're just going to throw him in a match real quick with this guy. And you're just like, Oh, surprisingly, that was like a really good match. But which matches were the ones that fell through those were yeah. the roman reigns matches yeah. the did he face was it cena last what was the cena was uh, yeah was, that one sucker was, punched him and you know the sucker punch was good the yeah. match itself was definitely and you know we we've talked about that before if you're a heel that's having a bad match with john cena that's not good for your career <laughs> um 
So, yeah, that's something that if the in-ring stuff, it's not that he can't do anything in the ring, but he clearly hasn't put it together where that's something that's going to be his strong point. Uh, But he's got the that roll down. And that was another one that I remember saying, you let him walk around raw for a couple weeks. You can make this work. Yeah. You were a little, you were telling me it probably wasn't, which is a solid bet, but they made it happen. I would have liked for him to do the whole, just walking through the crowd during matches for a little while longer. Yeah, no, I was just to like, I agree with that because he wasn't really in NXT for very long, you know? So, so people, well, he's in there for like three or four years. He just didn't do anything. (laughs) that we uh, Nothing of note. And I think, by the end of his run, that's when the fans had turned on him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when the NXT turn on him is not a positive for a heel. They they will still cheer for the heel yeah. the same way they cheer for a face. Yeah. And it was one of those, we don't want you. And, you know, I, I think people thought they were, so, some of the people thought they were crazy to try to bring him up yeah. at the time. I thought it was a weird idea until they, you know, they had him walking around. And I agree with yeah. you. They, he might even have been bigger right now yeah. if they would have let him keep the drifter name. Yeah. Don't know why the Samson got taken off at the end when that was the coolest part of the name. Mm-hmm. And he might even be bigger right now. I, I uh, think so. I, th- I think I think the, the the slow burn was the way to go with him. But um, he's he is like slowly winning me over. The more stuff I see with him, the more I, I'm getting on board. Um, I have yet to in, uh, listen to the podcast with him in Austin that I hear is uh, phenomenal. I just solid. I just keep seeing the Stone Cold Walk with a Lion meme. <laughs> um, so so like I have it downloaded. I just need to watch it. But yeah, Samson he's slowly winning me over. All right, so real quick, and this is I know we're doing the look back, you know, best of 2017, but just to look to the future a little bit, real quick. We're gonna do Breakout Star of 2018. This is all about predictions and mm. who we think now. I don't know. For me, for a moment, I wanted to do, you know, who do I want? Like, yeah, more so than anything. Then I was like, well, who is it? Like, who do I think more likely mm-hmm. based on who fans like? And I, I've had a uh, very up and down turn on whether I like the same people that, you know, the NXT crowd does. That's going to yeah. help them get that push. That's going to then bring them up to raw and then help them, you know, make a name for themselves on the main brand. Um, if I if I was to guess on that, I would just say it's Adam Cole. Yeah, uh, that's, they, a, that's would, a solid guess. There'd be nothing else. Uh, but you know what? I'm I'm willing to go uh, with something different, but I'll let you go in real quick. Tell me, who do you think is going to be the breakout star of 2018? I almost picked Adam Cole as well for this. Um, but I thought that was just like a little too obvious. Like, like, like if you've seen Adam Cole in anything, you know that he, he's going to be going somewhere. Um, so my pick was on, just like, there's been nothing to even like even give me a reason to pick this but i picked drew mcintyre um like especially like with the i'm going to use air quote success that um gender just had um i i think like maybe wwe is ready to jump on board with drew mcintyre um when he first showed up he was he was booked as uh vince mcmahon's pick to be the future of wwe something something like that and then he just got jabroned out put in three and b left to go to the indies and then was one of those guys that hit the indies and just became crazy popular. I think he was ring of honor champ. He was TNA champ. Um, and then, then they immediately bring him back to NXT and put the NXT belt on him. Um, he didn't have the belt for long, but if we know anything about NXT, it's whoever the champion is. Once they lose, they're coming up to the main roster. Yeah. And I think they gave him that belt and took that belt from him just to be like, hey, we're ready for this guy. Move him up. Um, I think he's going to probably debut at the Rumble this year. 
and then I'm just ready for Drew McIntyre's push. I mean, he's got the look. So you think the the biceps injury they they overdid it with their how long they think he's supposed to be out? Yeah, I don't I don't think he'll he'll be out very long. Um, it it, it kind of seemed the same as the the Oscar injury. Oh, she got injured and has to relinquish the title, but boom, real quick, there she is on um you know Raw and still keeping her streak intact. Um. So I th- I, I'm hoping that's what they're going to do with him. I have a feeling he's going to debut at the Rumble. I, I, I have a feeling that 2018 is going to be a big year for him. I hope. I mean, he's got yeah. all the talent in the world, and now he, he actually has the confidence to go with this already. His look is solid, so he has the confidence now. I, I don't I don't see any reason he, he couldn't be a uh, um, WWE champion within the next year. I mean, yeah. they give it to gender. <laughs> yeah, and if you were to do the same story... You know, the same way they did it with Jinder, do it with Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. It would work because, like we said, Jinder could have worked if he could put on a single match that was entertaining. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think you, if yeah. you take that formula, there's a lot of guys who can work in between the ropes. Mm-hmm. The tough thing is, you know, if you want to go the same way with Jinder, you want a guy who's big. Yeah. You know, you want a guy who fits that mold. Drew McIntyre. He's a big dude. He's and, a big guy. He can move. Yeah. So you put him in there. He can actually wrestle. Uh, he's starting to figure out at least some semblance of a gimmick, which is mostly just himself. Yeah. But he's figuring out how to display that in promos that works. Uh, yeah, he's ready for a big time. I just don't know. I hadn't heard anything that made me think that it was uh, a bogus injury. Yeah. I mean, obviously I they lie. They just, lie about yeah. time frames mm-hmm. a lot, or at least sometimes it's not even just a lie. It's like certain guys can yeah. rehab faster than mm-hmm. others and well I, re- I remember when they tried to say john cena had this crazy injury and was going to be out for months at a time and, yeah. and like my, my, my roommate's a nurse and he's like well that's not what the injury is he just needs to get the fluid taken from it he'll be fine yeah. and, and then yeah it was like two weeks he was supposed to be gone months and it was like two or three weeks he was back on tv so um yeah i i, I don't i don't listen to anything wwe says about how long someone's going to be gone or not yeah and that that's something, you know, I, I haven't even really put too much time into it. I actually had missed the, the injury itself. Like, I don't even know what was happening when I was watching TakeOver. Yeah, I didn't I, see. I, I know they said he, like, grabbed the rope in the middle of the move and, mm-hmm. like, he hadn't let go or something. And that's what ripped the bicep. But, yeah, if, if it's something where he can get back into it fairly early in the year, I could definitely see that be in the case where it's like, we're already ready for him, bring him up yeah. to the main brand. And it did seem like, you know, from what everybody said in the match, that, that wasn't like a swerve at the end to be like, well, we know he's injured now. Let's give almost the, the belt. Mm-hmm. It was the plan from the get-go. It just happened right at the end to have that injury. So, yeah, they, they were probably ready to bring him up or at least start the, the clock. Once you lose yeah. it once, yep. you know, you're not it's winning too many. So, uh, yeah, I think I think he's the guy. My pick, though, I'm going to go as a, as a little bit okay. cheating. It's a coin flip between both members of American Alpha. <laughs> All right. One of those guys, whether it's Chad Gable figuring out a gimmick mm-hmm. or Jason Jordan, at some point that turn, because he's, once again, I don't care what anybody else says. Yeah. He is knocking that role out of the park. Each time he says anything. The, yeah. This last week with the, the shield putting the belt on him, you get a weird thing where that's, we, we've seen it happen where if you're with the guys that people like, yeah. eventually the storyline, people just start liking them. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just a tide you can't stop. And even if that's not the case, him working with the shield, you have Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins talking like, you know, this is what we have to do about Samoa Joe. And for Jason Jordan just to get in the middle every single time, 
and he he's delivering the promo perfectly to be this like eventual heel mm-hmm. and you know I, I Kinsey made the the idea like they should have him come as like the emo kid that like is rebelling from his parents yeah. like that should be what right. happens when he <laughs> I could just see Jason Jordan in the the guy liner yeah and uh Hanging out with Seamus all the time. I, I think it's going to be something pretty similar to that. Yeah, Maybe probably. no guy liner, but it'll be close. I don't think this works without the <laughs> guy liner. Uh, yeah, but I, I still think Jason Jordan, there is so much potential there. If anything works, even as a heel, if that turn works, mm-hmm. he does so. He does something in the ring that I enjoy. There's, I mean, it's limited. It's just suplexes. Yeah. Uh, but those suplexes are beautiful. Uh, it's not quite as... Uh, much of a spectacle as Gable's rolling German suplexes, particularly when he picks up a much bigger guy. It's a hell of a move. But when Jason Jordan does the rolling Northern lights, I mean, it just, it makes, there's a one tear that rolls down my cheek when that move (laughs) happens. So maybe I'm just rooting for him. I don't know, but that's the guy that I would put the money on, but to split the difference, I think Gable is bound to get over, even if they give him a tiny storyline that works. I hope Uh, so. I really like Gable. So that that's who I have for that one. Now we'll look at the best NXT performer. Mm-hmm. This is another one that's sort of looking to the future, but this one is about what they accomplished over the last year. And, you know, I definitely don't watch enough to make a qualified decision. Same here. Yeah. Uh, watch a lot of TakeOver. Uh, I think in the last year, there's just been times where I've kind of had NXT on mm-hmm. and I've seen a little bit more. But honestly... Not a lot that happens on the week-to-week shows. Like, True. occasionally they plan something out and they, they make it big. But the weekly show is usually not very good. There's not very much there. And storylines don't progress that much. Yeah. Uh, takeovers are usually pretty freaking awesome, though. Yeah. Um, so you can usually take a lot from that. But we'll just have to go with our gut on this one. What does your gut say about the best NXT performer of 2017? Well, I'm the same boat as you. I I, I really only watch the takeovers. That, that's about like a, there is too much wrestling in the world for me to be able to watch uh, the weekly NXT show and everything else. Um, so I mostly stick to the takeovers. Uh, if something big happens, I'll get on YouTube or, or the network and, and watch what I can watch. But um, I think d- d- just as an overall whole gimmick and, and, and someone that's going to be able to transition to the main roster, um, I, I got to go with Aleister Black. Um, every match I've watched of his um, has been pretty enjoyable. He's got a different move set. You know, it, it, he's kind of got the Shinsuke Nakamura, you know, mostly kicks type of thing. But I don't know. Th- there's just something about his kicks. Like, like there's some realness to him. Like, more than, more than sh- I, I even see Shinsuke's. Um, and I, I think, like, he's got this whole spooky gimmick that's going really well in NXT. And I think it'll transition up to the main roster uh, much better than Bray Wyatt has. Um, and much better when, um, like, Sanity's kind of in that little spooky vibe, Mad Max type of thing. And I don't think that's going to transition well to the main roster. Um, I, I love his entrance. I love his um, where he sets up like Dracula and then, you know, does the CM Punk thing in the middle of the ring. Like, it all kind of really works with his character and his moveset. Like, it's a pretty solid character already. Um, so, yeah, I got to go with him. And, you know, I see a lot there for Aleister Black, and I know he's already really over with the smart crowd and that huge benefit when you make the jump. Yeah. And to have something that can translate in other, the you know, the the broader audience would also appeal to, but then having that smart fans in your back pocket, uh, that's a good sign. 
Uh, I think my big problem is, I mean, I haven't been as impressed with the matches. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the Velveteen Dream was good storytelling, but in mm-hmm. terms of good wrestling, uh, you know, it definitely wasn't there. A lot of that is on Velveteen Dream, but still, mm-hmm. it was something... See, I really enjoyed that match. I, I really enjoyed the match, but it wasn't because of wrestling. It was because mm-hmm. of the story that was being told yeah. and just kind of the, the charisma that both of them had in telling that story. Um, you know, I look at, and there was one that I know... Uh, that smart fans really enjoy and that was uh, I think it was in the middle of the summer it was Alistair or I guess not middle of the summer because it was whenever Undisputed Era first came mm, in yeah. and before they actually got together uh, right before that takeover it was Alistair Black versus uh, Kyle O'Reilly and okay. they fought on NXT yeah. and it was like the start of the match was both of them do the kicks they both do the mixed martial arts type mm-hmm. thing and I thought it was awful. I, yeah. People said it was great. <laughs> and there's a thing about doing the mixed martial arts. Like, you know, they were trying to replicate the stand-up yeah. and the kind of, you know, finding your angle and doing that. Well, if that's never been done before and you don't really have a great, like, uh, routine for it, mm-hmm. it just seems sloppy. Like, you know, mm. they, they pretend like they're going to go for the grab or the kick. But if you're not really doing that, you're not really in a fight where you're like, mm-hmm. you're trying to get this open angle to like knock them out. Mm -hmm. And instead you are wasting extra time to get in what ends up being a half kick that barely glances (laughs) the side of their head. Yeah. It can look really bad, you know? And I remember that match, like I thought, well, that was kind of horrible. Like they need to get that better if that's ever going to happen again. And people already loved it. And I think, you know, that's going to upset me more when he's on the main yeah. brand when, you know, there, nothing's more upsetting to me than when the smart fans say that was the greatest thing ever. And I'm just watching yeah. like in horror as there's so many botched moves yeah. and, you know, crazy stuff. Like, you know, this is awesome chant when nothing's nothing happened, happened yet. yet. Yeah. yeah. Like nothing upsets me more. Mm. And I feel like. If, if I was to make an award for that, most likely to have an awesome chant that wasn't deserved, <laughs> I might put Alistair Black there. And that's not to say, like I said, his whole gimmick is awesome. You're right. The Dracula mm-hmm. thing, I wish it didn't still have like the sticks standing yeah. up when he's yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. But whatever. You, there's not a great way to fix Apples it. Apples and oranges. It looks great. Uh, I don't think that phrase works with this, but no, okay. No, it doesn't at all. <laughs> it doesn't at all. But uh, yeah, I, I, I see the appeal. I see where it can work. But really, I th- feel like it's another one that's just going to, like, surprise me that people love him so much. And, mm-hmm. like, I-, I just remember saying that, you know, like, somebody was like, he's got the character and he's got, like, the mic skills. And I'm like, no, he doesn't. Like, he's got yeah. the character down, mm-hmm. but, like, the mic stuff, like, that's give or take. If the storyline doesn't fit and we've seen storylines, they- if they can derail Bray Wyatt, they can derail <laughs> Aleister Black. Oh, oh, boy, can they. So, yeah, looking at that, I'm a... A little bit more hesitant to like I see where it is and you're probably going to be right, mm-hmm. but I like I almost wish that you were wrong because mm-hmm. I'm I'm of the mindset where I like to see the wrestler kind of fail to have to improve, mm. and so Alistair Black's the type of guy that if he fixed a few things, mm-hmm. I would I, I would love him too. Yeah, but instead I just know he's going to get a this is awesome chant when something half-assed happened in the ring <laughs> yeah it's gonna make me upset uh so sorry to go really long on that one but i feel like <laughs> alistair black was a it's just a big talking point we haven't mm-hmm. really got to it too much no. uh you know because like we said we only watch the nxt takeover and i think you know yeah. we spend so much time on the pay-per-view yeah. uh for the you know 
that's after the takeover. Mm-hmm. If I'd watched more NXT, I'd probably have a like a better guess. But just watching the takeovers, like that's yeah. that's as that's, well, as that's as good a guess I have. It, it's and it's like I said, it's probably right. I yeah, just, I almost wish it was wrong. <laughs> um, my my pick is just uh for NXT performer is Oscar. And that was also uh, my pick too. Yeah. So Pretty like, close. she basically there's not much else I could think of. Like hers was most of the year what she came up maybe in October or September. <sighs> Yeah. Uh, whatever it was, she spent most of the year down there undefeated. And she had some of her better matches towards the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think she started what she maybe started out facing like Bailey, Bailey but yeah. over the course of the year, she's had and Nia Jax might have been her first match. Okay, yeah. and so she, she had a couple people early on, but then it was kind of like the women's division got raided by the main mm-hmm. brand, yeah. And so it was just Oscar beating anybody. Yeah, there was no one left for her. But then they started getting Ember Moon. They started getting you know mm-hmm. Nikki Cross. They yeah. Started, and all of a sudden, she started putting up some really good matches. I have a match of the year, and I'll wait when we get there, and mm-hmm. I'll I, I just tell you now, I didn't pick it, but it is on my short list of ones that are almost up there. Oscar versus Nikki Cross in yeah. a last woman standing match yeah. back in June. Uh, that was the best women's match I've seen, and nobody's talked about it. It's phenomenal. It doesn't even have a rating from Dave Meltzer because it was on a random taping of NXT. Yeah. I think that was like all this talk about making history. That match should have been history, and I think everybody missed it. I think yeah. everybody blinked or something. I don't know what happened, but I love that match. Yeah, no, it was great. Um, and, and didn't that match? Didn't Nikki Cross go through a table, like pretty brutal table they, spot? They, they both went through the table, yeah. and that was like the the high spot at the end. That yeah, it was beautiful. I thought Oscar was gonna die. She got power bombed into steel chairs on the ramp yeah. and her head hit where the, the ramp starts to yeah. elevate like that match. I don't know how they even survived it. And it was, it was beautiful. Yeah. No idea how that's not on anybody's list. That's the real women's revolution. Those two yeah. right there, Oscar and Nikki cross are the, they're the real deal. Like the, they're not divas or women's wrestlers. They're, they're straight up wrestlers. Like, yeah. like the, they got the moves, they go hard. Um, yeah. Like, you can't even like pigeonhole them. They're they're fantastic. That was a fantastic match. And yeah, you're right. No one's talked about it. Yeah. Nobody. So real quick, uh, we'll go to best NXT call up. So this is who was on NXT, brought up in 2017, and made a big splash. Couple good runners up. Uh, but for me, it's an open and shut decision. But Wade, who do you got for best um, NXT call up? There. Are- there was, uh, I think, several choices could have been made during this. Um, I chose mine because uh, I wanted to pick her for several other categories, and I ended up not picking her. So I put Asuka as my best call-up on this one. Um, just because th- there were so many other categories that I wanted to put her in, but I'm trying not to put too many people in this, you know, like list the same people in categories. I almost put the Usos for half the categories. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't end up doing it, but I was close. Yeah, so my like like yeah, my best call up was yeah, Oscar. I I think they did her transition from NXT to WWE pretty perfect. Like I talked about a couple minutes ago with oh she's injured and has to vacate the title, but that just keeps her her undefeated streak going. Now so far there hasn't been much done with her in WWE yet. Um, like in the main roster, I mean she had like a little thing with Dana Brooke, and that's not doing anything for anybody. Um. But I think going forward, um, especially uh, with the Women's Royal Rumble coming up, Asuka's getting ready to make a big splash. And I don't see why she wouldn't because 
on the main roster, like like she, I think she's better than than any of the other women on the main roster. You know, there's several up there that that are you know pretty good, but she, I think she's ahead above all of them. So I mean, I had to pick her. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. Uh, better transition than they thought they would be, but I would mm-hmm. say uh, with the transition and having. You know, one of her first matches was against Emma at the pay-per-view. And I know people didn't like it, but I thought it was, like, the best version of an Oscar match going on the main brand because mm-hmm. it wasn't a squash match. But yeah. at no point did Asuka look anything but dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, Emma got in some good shots. And actually, it, that was the only moment I thought Emma mattered. Yeah. A week later, she's released. Yeah. Uh, very strange. Um I think after that, though, they started going through a list of squash matches and different stuff that, you know, it, it's awkward anyways because she's coming up as like a face. Yeah. And she she has enough fun out there and still knows how to kick ass, so it ends up working. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it definitely is like just sort of a holding pattern of waiting to the moment you send her to the championship because you can't send her too early. And it's always going to be too early. At some point, she's going to have the belt, and WWE is not going to want to leave her with the belt for another year. Yeah. Like on the main brand... They get bored too quickly, and if Asuka only has the belt for like three months, that's a huge failure. But I just don't like. I just don't see it happening. Like at some point, she's gonna have the belt, and they're just gonna be like, "Well, she can drop it," you know, one week. And it's like, no, yeah, no. You want her to have it for a long time, and really, yeah. I mean, I don't even know how you make that work. If you have one women's match a week on Raw, I don't know how you keep building up Asuka as this dominant force yeah. and then not just turn everybody else into nothing. Yeah. Uh, so they have a tough, if them messing it up, I'm not going to say WWE doesn't know what they're doing. Or mm-hmm. they, it's just a really hard thing to do. Yeah. And as of right now, it really is just kind of like, it seems like they're waiting really long because they know they yeah. might fuck this up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's one that, it's been a pretty good call up, but I don't think it's been amazing. Uh, I think the one that I'm going to pick, I, I think it's been a slam dunk pretty yeah. much the whole time, even with uh, different things that have uh, kind of messed it up. That's Samoa Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came in and perfectly, I, I've seen few beatdowns as good as Samoa Joe coming into surprise attack Seth Rollins. Yeah. Beatdown was too good and he ended up injuring <laughs> Seth and that put Samoa Joe in the back burner yeah. because they were waiting out for Seth Rollins to come back. And when he came back, no time for a Samoa Joe match. Yeah. Goes straight to the Triple H match. Yeah. So Samoa Joe just is in the shadows for a couple months. Mm-hmm. But as soon as they get past WrestleMania, Samoa Joe comes out firing. Not like everybody knew he could wrestle. Yeah. But all of a sudden, he's knocking out the best promos in the business. Face or heel. Mm-hmm. Like other guys you can make arguments for. But, you know, if, if you're going to make the argument for like The Miz, his promos are great. But he, like, he used to be a great like classic heel. Yeah. Now it's become fans love the promo he's cutting, yeah. which isn't like there's still value to that. Mm-hmm. But since he can't turn into a face wrestler, yeah, that sort of nixes the upside. Samoa Joe is knocking out great heel promos. Even as fans try to cheer him, he shuts them down as quick as he can. Yeah, uh, he's done it with you know cutting you know promos where he's in the rain with both Roman and Brock. Over the last couple of years and over the course of my lifetime, really, there's been very few guys who can walk into the ring with three other guys and cut anything that's not some generic promo setting up the triple threat match. Yeah, Samoa Joe did it, and he was just ripping into Roman. He was ripping into Brock. I thought a fight was going to break out, and 
like he sucked me back in. Like I almost felt like I was 12 again yeah. watching wrestling and not thinking it was real, but like just getting into it so much mm-hmm. that I wanted to see somebody's face get knocked in. Samoa Joe has had that passion in every promo he's cut. Mm. And to add that level of promo work to what he's doing in the ring, I he's one of my top wrestlers, you know, all around. Yeah. So in terms of looking at call-ups, there's literally nobody else. And I think his call-up was uh, early January, mm-hmm. right? Because it was right in the build-up to WrestleMania. So yeah. without a doubt, Samoa Joe yeah. from beginning, he's had a, it helps to have the full year. Uh-huh. And, you know, he had that injury a little, a few months back and that kind of slowed him down. But even with that, every time he comes back, firing all cylinders, making segments on Raw that normally would just be filler to get to the next pay-per-view, yeah. he's made them matter every single time. And that's why he's my NX, best NXT call-up for 2017. Yeah, it's a, it's a good choice. Like, like I, I, I've loved all of the, uh, I guess, jumpings that he's done on people. He showed up, attacked Rollins, showed up, attacked Roman, showed up, attacked Lesnar, and he choked them all out. Um, he may have not won the matches, but, you know, he made a hell of an impact. Like, like who else is showing up and choking out Brock yeah. Lesnar? Like, nobody. Who else is losing matches? And I don't even think about it. Like, that's not affecting their character. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he's one of the only people that, that, that the losses really aren't affecting him. He, he, he's, like, one of the only true heels in WWE right now. So, yeah, I, I have him up there. He's been doing amazing work lately. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great pick. Next category we have best tag team. And this one was interesting to me because... Mm-hmm. The tag team picture, you know, flashback one year ago, and it was really just the New Day and whoever they threw in their path. Yeah. Like, there wasn't a lot going on. There was no other tag teams. It, it was pretty bad for a while, and, you know, basically, right now, both brands are just bursting at the seams with tag team talent. Yeah, it's great. They have guys who are ready, you know, you have somebody like The Revival coming up, and you know, even with their injury, they like they were they were on the path to the top of the tag division, mm-hmm. and they they were gonna make a splash. Yeah, I really like the revival. They got injured, and Twice. It, it didn't stop that from like it didn't stop the tag team division from still being overpacked. Yeah, on both shows, yeah. on Raw and SmackDown. So this one was a little bit tougher. Uh, just there's uh, there's probably four teams with you know a legitimate claim to this award. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with that said, Wade. What's your pick for best tag team in 2017? Um, and like you said, th- th- this was a tough one for best tag team. I mean, you could have gone with the, the Shield reunion. You know, that that, that was huge, um, but died quickly afterwards. Um, the You're bar- not going to count Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan? Is that, that, does that count, not count? N- no, it doesn't <laughs> count at all. No, not at all. Um, the Bar had a hell of a year. Yep. Um, um, now with Sheamus' injury, you know, who knows what's going to happen to them. But I think um, the team that has even like surprised me because I'm not a fan of them at all. I, I I have to say the best tag team of this year um, has to go to the Usos. The Usos. <laughs> Uso crazy. <laughs> FYI, our, our Wi-Fi is uh, it's not paranoia. That's the name of our Wi-Fi here. <laughs> That's terrible. It's great. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> but um, no, l- l- like as soon as they finally turned heel, which is exactly what they needed, they, they weren't doing anything as faces. They were pretty vanilla um, with the plastic shorts and the fake do-rags hanging out the back. But now they got real do-rags. So they're heels now. Um, 
And they've done great. Um, their matches with the New Day have been phenomenal, and I'm not a fan of the New Day either. But I, I can't deny that um, everything that the Usos have, have done this year has, has been great, and it's, it's done a lot to just like boost them up farther than they were and ever been. I think I think the Usos have been with the WWE for probably close to ten years now. Uh, like seven, I think. I think seven? they started in 2010, 2011. Yeah, like it's it's been a le- like they've had a. They've had quite a run of, of always being there, and um, I think this is finally their best run. Um, they're cutting better promos than they ever have. They're having better matches than they've ever had. They're winning the belts repeatedly after being traded back and forth with the New Day forever. Um, and they've made like the SmackDown tag teams, you know, watchable because like as, as many tag teams as SmackDown had, none of them were very good up until recently. So, yeah, I, I, I think the yeah best tag team of the year would have to go to Usos. And I'm right there with you. It's the same one, although mine's less with the, the caveats of, I don't really like them, but whatever, you know. <laughs> they, I, I don't like them. Uh, their heel gimmick has been uh, phenomenal. Uh, they've improved on the mic uh, exponentially. And then, you know, to top it off, their in-ring work, I mean, they've always been good, and it's probably helped facing the New Day, somebody that they've had chemistry with mm-hmm. and worked with for so many years, but... I don't know if any of the matches look like they've looked in the last year because the Usos have been on fire. Uh, you know, potential match of the year candidates, yeah. multiple match of the year candidates. And, and, and them actually, like, being heels that work like heels are supposed to work. Yeah. Like, um, especially in the beginning where they were singling out body parts and just working a guy's leg the whole match, taking him out with the chop block. Taking I mean, him out after the match. Yeah. Like, and, like I love a good chop block. Yeah. That's, like, such a heel move. And, like, you know, like, Flair and, and Triple H, and you really don't see it much anymore, but the Usos were chop blocking the hell out of people. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it made it great. It, it, like, it added so much, like... Their moves are already pretty good with their big splashes and their super kicks and everything, but just adding a little bit of heel work. They in also there too. added like uh, young bucks level heel kicks. Or super kicks. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like let's do this thirty <coughs> times because yeah. that's what the that's what the fans want. Get y'all. them cheering, man. Get, <laughs> get those pops. So yeah, I I think they've done amazing, and there there might be a few more categories where we get to discuss them uh, a little bit further. Mm. Uh, the next one here, best women's wrestler. Uh, another. Sh- like very interesting category because 2016 was the year of history making matches. It yeah. was Charlotte, it was Sasha, and then they got split up. Uh, things took a while to recover. I think I it just once they did that sh- uh, superstar shakeup, Charlotte didn't even like she was nothing on SmackDown for a significant period of time. Yeah. Um, that was crazy. I don't know why you would do that or yeah, how that happened. Going from being like the most dominant. Um, women's wrestler on Raw, like, like winning every pay per view, and then just going to SmackDown and then being nothing. Yeah. And you can blame booking. You can blame a little bit. Uh, the face turn. Uh, told you so, Wade. She was a really good <laughs> heel and face, not so much. Uh, and they even gave her Becky Lynch, so she had her best friend to help her become the best face she could. Uh, it didn't go very well. It's still not really going very well. Uh, I hope they ha- have her turn. Uh, I hope she takes out Ruby Riot and then she becomes the leader of the Riot Squad. I know that doesn't make sense. That's why you can't make names of only one member of the, the group. But, you know, whatever. They might figure that out. Uh, but that's not to say there weren't some deserving candidates in this category. It was just not as clear cut. I think last year uh, it'd be really hard to make a case for anybody that wasn't. Uh, Charlotte and Sasha. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, it's more open game. And Wade, who'd you go with for your best women's wrestler of 2017? My best women's wrestler of 2017 is Nikki Cross. She is 
amazing. Um, and like we kind of talked about her earlier, like talking about her matches with Oscar and, and like just how hard she went. Um, but like I remember, like the first time I saw her come out with Sanity and she's bouncing off the ropes, like. I'm not paying chewing on the ropes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Really good. Yeah. And like, I wasn't paying attention to anyone else in sanity. I'm looking at her and going, who is this maniac? Um, and, th- and then like I watched, you know, her, her matches and she's still the same maniac in, in her matches. Like she's the real lunatic French. Like she's what Dean Ambrose wishes, <laughs> like wishes he was doing. Um, she's great. Like she's just everywhere, bouncing off the ropes. Yeah, like you said, chewing on the ropes, going through tables, um, and just being a little psycho. Like she's so much fun to watch. Um, and so yeah, like like it's got to be her. I, I I'm I'm so ready for her to do more stuff. Um, like I think breaking her away from Sanity might help her a little bit, just because like like I said earlier, like I don't know how well Sanity is gonna work on the main roster. It's kind of eh, it's okay, but like I don't really know what it is or where it's going. Um, but I, I think she's going to be incredible. Um, I, like I, I hope, um, the rest, like the people who are booking WWE are seeing the same things I'm seeing because, uh, she's great. And I would hate for her to get called up and then just be thrown in the mix with everyone else. It might work for her just to stay in NXT for a little while and, and, and just become, you know, the ruler of that. Um, but yeah, like everything she does is entertaining. I love her promos. I love her ring work, um, all around. Like she's an incredible performer. She just, I don't know, hooks me in with just little things. Yeah. And I think definitely she still needs to figure out, you know, uh, I haven't necessarily seen any great promos. She's, she's doing, she's very charismatic in what she's doing when she's not even necessarily wrestling. Uh, but how that transitions to a storyline, Hopefully, over the next few months with the Ember Moon, uh, mm-hmm. you know, having her as the the champion, they can start to figure that out. And if, if Nikki Cross can do that, if she can figure out that part, mm-hmm. then she's foolproof. Yeah. Uh, and so she could be somebody that comes up all of a sudden. This, you know, I'm a little worried about it. You know, you start getting that women's division to kind of have enough people. Once again, they only have a couple matches a night, yeah. maybe on Raw. Um, puts them in a precarious situation, but they're starting to get to where I, I think they maybe were right before all of the divas search competitions. Mm-hmm. Like if you remember back then when it was like Trish Stratus and lead on top, you had like Victoria, mm-hmm. Jackie, Molly Holly, Molly and you Holly. start going down the list. And it was like, they had a stable of women's wrestlers that even if only a couple were over, the rest were were good enough in recognizable names. I think right now, half the time, it's like, you know, Dana Brooks is just there. Yeah. You know, there's there's people that are trying. Alicia Fox. Yeah. And Alicia Fox found a way to, like, stand out recently. It took a trip to 205 Live, and yeah. it took her just, you know, I, I don't know how great she's going to feel being the crazy pants for the next few years, but it bought her some time <laughs> instead of getting released, which was probably going to happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, they're, but they're starting to create this just collection of various uh, talents and characters, and yeah. that's what the real revolution is. It isn't just putting Charlotte and Sasha into mm-hmm. matches women have never done before. Yeah. It is literally getting to the point where you have, you know, if you put on two or three women's matches on Raw, mm-hmm. you wouldn't just have a squash match and then the two real contenders. Mm-hmm. You could have... The people, there's almost a mid-card 
you know, clearly not, they don't get enough time to really yeah. have a mid card, but they have some level of hierarchy. Mm-hmm. That is the true women's revolution for mm-hmm. uh, women's wrestling at the WWE level. Uh, they're getting closer to that. And I think Nikki Cross could be one who particularly helps somebody get over who is stuck in the middle ground. Mm. I, and she's not getting the best matches out of people like the way we talk about like AJ Styles. Yeah. But she's getting the best entertainment matches out of some girls For on sure. NXT. For sure. That I wouldn't care about yeah. at all. Yeah. Hundred percent. AKA Peyton Royce. Yeah. Um, yes, that's exactly what I was thinking of. So and, and she's and, ready. And, and and she's she's hanging in there in, in in a faction. Yeah. Like I can't think of any other faction that, that that's ever had a female member that wasn't just like valet or there for eye candy. She may be the most important part of yeah. the faction. Like like like, like <laughs> she's there. She, like she fits right in, and and she's not an afterthought. She's like one of the main players yeah. of of sanity. So yeah, good for her. I mean, that speaks volumes about her. She got involved. What was it? Was it maybe the author's a pain match where she mm. jumps at him, and one of the few times a women's member of a stable gets involved in the match. And I don't feel like it's this weird gimmick. Yeah. Like she got legitimately involved and I was ready for her to kick some ass. Uh, so yeah, a hundred percent on board. That is not who I went with for the women's wrestler of the year. Cause although I mean, a lot of stuff, we all knew who you were going to go. I was for. going with Alexa bliss. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's not, I, I think it's a little offensive to her that she's not just the obvious pick because she was the, you know, once again, it might be made up history, but she was the first one to hold the Raw and then the SmackDown women's belt. Yeah. She was the one who, like I said, you watch what Charlotte and Sasha did in 2016 mm-hmm. and your guess going in, like the way we did the breakout superstar of 2018, yeah. we were picking the women's superstar of 28 or yeah. 2017 at the beginning of, you know, a year ago. Then no doubt you're picking either Charlotte or Sasha. Yeah, like there's it's not even a question, or maybe Oscar just you know thinking that that's the next step. Yeah, but nobody was looking at Alexa Bliss. No, and she became not just a focal point, the driving factor. Nia Jax at some point almost became like irrelevant. They almost ruined her monster run. Yeah. And Alexa found a way to get her back into the picture and back moving. Yeah. Like, and they had pretty decent matches. Yeah. With Nia Jax isn't really known for having great matches. But her and Alexa Bliss, they were they were great. They were fine. I yeah. liked them. So she she's getting to that point. Maybe uh-huh. she needs to get a little bit better in the ring. Uh, maybe I'm overvaluing it. I thought the, uh, the Sasha match that she had mm-hmm. uh, at whichever pay-per-view that was. Uh, that's probably not a good sign that I don't remember what pay-per-view, but I don't remember for most well, matches I'm recalling. beat the hell out of Bailey w- w- that, with the see, kendo stick. See, that one wasn't a good match. It was a good spot for Alexa. It was good for her. <laughs> like, it was just, yeah, good for her, making her look aggressive. I think, like, I don't know who came up with it, but someone is a genius just to go, hey, let's just make her look like Harley Quinn for a little bit. Yeah. Like, that was such a good move, like, because that just after that, Boom, man. She was over the moon. Like, she was getting cheers. She's getting shirts. She's on all sorts of stuff. And all because she just dyed her hair to look like Harley Quinn for a little bit. Like, that was super, super smart. Yeah. And, you know, I I think she's she's proved herself with the mic so much. And just mm-hmm. with what she's done over the last year, I, I had nobody else that I would pick. Like, as good of a year as Asuka had, it was mm-hmm. undefeated on NXT. Alexa Bliss came out of nowhere to be the number one woman yeah. on Raw. 
Yeah, no so, one would have. Well, in SmackDown before that. Yeah, and in that one, we can have an argument of how important it was to be the top one on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. I think at that point, there was, you know, was Becky Lynch ready to be somebody who was the driving force in whatever storyline? Mm-hmm. I don't know if she was, but Alexa Bliss made sure that, you know, it stayed entertaining. I was more surprised when they brought it to Raw and easily, you know, people were ready to move to Nia Jax up there. They were ready for Sasha to have her run. Yeah. Alexa Bliss walked in and stole it. And don't think Sasha isn't still upset about that. And that's why their next match would be hella heat. I, I'm, I'm excited for when they face off again. But we've talked about that for a while. We can start moving down. Uh, this next one is best turn, which I didn't even write notes for this. I probably should have because I don't have anything offhand mm-hmm. as to describe it. But it, it, it's really however we want to take it. Yeah. Uh, best turn, you know, it could be just a, a face turn, a heel turn. It could just be when it... Uh, in your case, and we uh, not to spoil the fact that I already know Wade's answers, but he went with more of a turn in the storyline because uh, n- it wasn't really a switch for the character yeah. who made the turn. But we're going to go with that now, and we'll have Wade explain what his best turn of 2017 was. I think the best turn was the uh, Festival of Friendship. Um, it was su- such a, like that was just played out to a T. I mean, for months, you had Owens and Jericho, the best friends, you know, getting each other's backs. Jericho saving Owens' butt every chance he could, keeping the heel thing going, and then doing such a good job with such a, just kind of a, a shitty gimmick of, hey, we're best friends. Like, who, who'd have thought that would go anywhere? And they both made that thing work so good that they were getting cheered. Like, the list of Jericho is now getting cheered. The Drink It In Man was getting cheered. And all of that stuff was built to, like, make you hate them, and they got it over. And then as, as, as soon as it's at its peak of, oh, my God, Jericho and Kevin Owens, they're so popular, the list of KO comes out. And Kevin Owens whips Jericho's ass. Um, and that's why I love Owens. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, he's like, oh, just when you love him, uh, he's going to make you not love him again. Um and like it didn't have the best ending like as even as Vince McMahon has said <laughs> um, at the most heart wrenching <laughs> yeah. 30 seconds I've ever watched God it hurts is Vince McMahon saying you didn't do a good job yeah. and Kevin Owens just waiting for further clarification mm. that he would never yeah. get are we good <laughs> no no <laughs> um, and you know what? It wasn't great. It wasn't a, a, a good match at WrestleMania like to end that feud on, no. but the culmination was that, 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 that festival of friendship at the yeah. end where he brought Jericho brought out all this pomp and circumstance and Jericho was just so happy and giddy to give Owens all these presents and a magician and blah, 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 blah. And then Owens just beats the shit out of him. No. Um, I think that was the best. Yeah, because as soon as they're starting to get over, boom, Owens just takes the rug out from under it. That was my, like, maybe one of my favorite moments of the year. Yeah, it was definitely one of the top moments of the year. I had a hard time figuring out. There's various categories where this, like, could have went in. Yeah. And I had a tough time, uh, like, fitting it in because, you know, it's for 2017. Most of their storyline was in 2016. Mm -hmm. And then you get to, you know, the early parts of this year and you know that festival of friendship was this huge moment but right before it and directly after it as they're finishing up that storyline yeah it, it sort of was falling flat yeah and you know if we're looking at these different categories of where it fits in that moment itself was perfect yeah uh if that if we were picking you know just moment of the year i 
I, without a doubt, that's the one that I pick. Uh, in terms of turn, you know, it's like I, I was thinking more along the lines of like uh, of a heel turn or a face turn, mm-hmm. and well, that one's like, like Kevin Owens is turning on Chris Jericho, yeah. But it's the heel being a heel to yeah. his friend. And, and I was looking at it as like the, they were getting so popular that yeah. they were getting ready to turn face with the gimmick. Like like in in Jericho, if you watch that thing, Jericho is basically a face during that whole yeah. time. He's so happy to be there. And Jericho, I mean, and, and Owens just goes fuck that. Yeah. Like great. Yeah, and I, I'm not saying you're wrong for your uh, your take on the category. I just had it a little differently in the way I was thinking of it. You know, for me, it was like a toss up between. The face turn that I loved was AJ Styles. Mm. It just happened so smoothly with his yeah. beating Shane and then shaking his hand, and then he really was already being cheered by the fans yeah, so he was much already that it worked a face, out. Yeah. Uh, so the way they did that, uh, I felt like that worked out pretty solidly. But for the heel turn, I, I took some time and I was trying to. But it, it's like, how much am I, uh, you know, a prisoner of the moment? Yeah, and I am, but I think the answer is still correct. I think it's Sami Zayn. I yeah. think uh, that spot one, it was just a great spot. Like, yeah. We had seen Shane jump off of everything. Yeah. Uh, it had happened so much. We had seen even Kevin Owens three-fourths drop off that hell in the cell. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had seen big moments, but, uh, you know, it's probably even been done before, but off the top of my head, I can't think of who's, you know, pulled somebody out of the way for a spot like that. And then to do it where you are the clear-cut, like, yeah. there are not more clear-cut baby faces on SmackDown mm-hmm. than Sami Zayn was at that yeah. point. Uh, there's not more clear-cut than Shane. There's mm-hmm. not a more clear-cut rivalry than Sami Zayn, Used to being best friends with Kevin Owens yeah. and him. Kevin Owens just destroying him at every turn. Yeah, their and whole history is, in the WWE. Yeah, is, even before WWE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, their whole history of wrestling is yeah. this. Uh, I To take that moment, it was so powerful. It was so well-timed. Sami Zayn popping up out of nowhere to pull Kevin Owens mm-hmm. off the table. To have Shane just rolling around. Another moment where, like, is Shane dead? And, of course, he's not. He's like yeah. a cockroach. And... Sami Zayn is like, wait, we still don't know whether it was just to save, you know, Kevin Owens from getting killed, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but then to actually take Kevin Owens, drag him over on the Shane. It was it started like it was such a quick moment. Yeah. And then that was so slow, that build up. Yeah. And that wasn't even the best part. Yeah. Like the the weeks after, like there's been times where it's like, oh, that was a great spot we built in the pay-per-view. Let's screw it up over the mm-hmm. next couple weeks as we're supposed to tell why it happened. Yeah. And instead, Sami Zayn. Comes down to the ring. Yeah. And he does the exact same thing he normally does. His little weird skipping down to the fucking ska music. <laughs> yeah. But now it there's just a twinge of extra douchiness. Yeah. That's so clear and so perfect. And to, to you know, the flash forward to the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks of them, you know, taking over the yes movement to be the yet movement. <laughs> the yep. And yep. have Daniel Bryan on the outside, the clear cut face, like ready for a heel turn, which... You know, not to spoil what just happened on Tuesday, but it's right there. And you have to decide whether it's really a heel turn. Who are the faces in this? Shane's yeah. been pretty much acting like a heel despite getting cheered for the last year. Yeah. Like, this is a moment of just great storytelling that Sami Zayn's heel turn was so important for. I had to pick him yeah. for the, That's the best a turn. Solid, solid pick. It was definitely on my like list of oh, what do we do with this? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was just such a huge moment of just like Sami Zayn being the one to save Owens. Like I don't think anyone could have predicted that. Sure, sure. I mean, the it was it was well done. Whether it was you could predict it or not, I uh, never great, predicted it. Great moment. Just just because of the the sheer rivalry that 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 Owens and him have had, like it was such an unexpected moment. I think it was really shocking. Um, I loved it. 
Great. Uh, yeah, and you know we're gonna go from great to much, much worse. Uh, the worst turn, and this one, oh man, there I I, I had a growing list. Uh, yeah, but I started to narrow it down. I I made some arguments in my head. Uh, but real quick, we'll go with your pick, Wade. What do you think was the worst turn of 2017? And and and, and I hated this this whole storyline, but. Uh, <laughs> My worst turn it has to be Randy Orton turning face against the Wyatts because we all saw it coming. We knew it was coming for forever, and then once Bray Wyatt won that championship um, in the Elimination Chamber, well, we knew that just wasn't going to work. Not with Randy Orton winning the Royal Rumble, and then he goes, he beats Bray Wyatt in one of the stupidest matches that's ever been on WrestleMania. Randy Orton walks out in front of a giant sperm on the ground, and then and then during the match, roaches and maggots and things are are, are shown on the on the on the wrestling mat because that's scary and going to win a match. Um, and then Randy Orton wins, and then it's just garbage that follows that. We had the garbage House of Horrors match. We had the garbage Jinder Mahal beating Randy Orton. Like Randy Orton hasn't done anything since then. It's just been the downfall of his whole career. <laughs> I think it's probably the lowest point it's ever been at. He uh, did face gender for a few months after that and lost all the yeah, matches. Yeah, lost them all. <laughs> so that might, that was probably the worst. Yeah. So so like like, like but, but but it all just started with him. Like like, like it, it was just all just I hated it. I hated the whole thing from start to finish, and we knew where it was going, and it hasn't done anything for him since. So I just got to go with uh, yeah. Randy Orton, who's the worst face in history, turning face against the Wyatts? Yeah, yeah. I, I cannot disagree at all that Randy Orton is... he. The way that John Cena is forever face, yes. as much as fans want it to be a heel turn, Randy Orton is without a doubt the, the opposite. He is that heel that should never be anything but a heel. Yeah. Uh, there's not a situation where it happens. Uh, I can't even imagine it where I think of like, Maybe, maybe he could pull off the Triple H thing a decade from now, but yeah. that's the only way. Like as it is, like, and I, I guess I felt the same way about Triple H ten years ago, where mm-hmm. it was like, you're just a heel, man. Yeah. And if it's gonna be a face, maybe it's now where it's that ironic. You know, we still love you. You're the you know legend that gets to come back and be the heel we love. Maybe, maybe Randy could do that someday. But definitely should never be written into the story as a face. Yeah. Like, that should not be the case. If you just hope they cheer for him in the future, that's fine. Book matches to make it happen. But do not write script for him as a face. Because <laughs> it doesn't work. He, he can barely read the script well for, as a heel. Uh, so, yeah, no, no doubt I'm right there with you. Uh, I did pick a different one. Um, this one was another toss-up. But be, in, in light of recent events, I'm willing to let one uh, wait and see what happens. Um, the one I wanted to pick was Dolph Ziggler. Mm-hmm. Uh, that heel turn, uh, it was awful. Yeah, it was not good. Um, it it started out with a you know attacking Callisto in a way that I didn't care about. Yeah. Um, it ended with some like he was just became the next stepping stone for NXT talent. Like. He's supposed to, you know, first he was facing the Miz, but then he's got to go the distance with Shinsuke. Yeah. Then he's got to go the distance with Bobby Roode. Yeah. All of it was just, and you know, that that was bad before they decided to rebrand him. Mm-hmm. And 
You know, that's another part of the heel turn that was terrible is him trying to, you know, not have music. He's no longer the show off. It's like all you guys care about is what happens outside of the ring. But, you know, you should care about what's inside of the ring, says the guy whose entire gimmick is to be the show off. Yeah. Uh, To do all that, to cut the music, to have the music being cut by a freaking record (laughs) scratch. Because that's what they're playing it on. It's all vinyl. You couldn't have done that worse. Um, But... Like I said, in light of recent events, having Dolph Ziggler cut the exact same promo about not caring, but this time have him actually be a winner when he cuts it. Yeah. It was so perfect, and I still want to know where they're going. Uh, I'm willing to not give that one the full-on award treatment. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just Bobby Roode. Yeah. I think Bobby Roode's coming up, and I don't even know, is that really a turn to just start on the new brand as a face when you were a heel on NXT? I think it still counts, and yeah, I think yeah. it was a bad decision. Yeah. Um, um, there's That might have been the worst thing that you could do, considering how well Bobby Roode was over, yeah. how much they loved the glorious chance, and, you know, it's one that I don't really want to criticize them for, because mm-hmm. it's like, Fans have always been like, well, everybody loves him. Why wouldn't you just make him the face? Or Roman Reigns, everybody hates him. Why wouldn't yeah. you just make him the heel? And then they do it, and then the fans are like, I don't know about this. Yeah. See, I, I don't consider myself in that hypocrite category because I'm not one that told them to change how they did it with these people. Yeah. But Bobby Roode's getting cheered as, as a heel, doing the glorious, mm-hmm. and instead put him as a face where all of those things that made people like him mm-hmm. disappeared. Yeah. And now he's in a no man's land. He's, he's just stuck. bland. He's he's just stuck in the mid card with nothing great yeah. except the music. And, you know, I think at this point, everybody ha- on SmackDown has a really cool entrance, but I still am falling asleep every time I watch SmackDown. Yeah. And that's not like a weird dig. I, I keep accidentally falling asleep <laughs> every time I watch SmackDown. I don't know what's happening. Uh, but yeah, Bobby Roode, without a doubt, he yeah. gets my pick for the worst turn in I mean, 2017 he's he's like definitely a cross between if you watch him everything between like his entrance and everything he does he's, he's a cross between rick flair and rick rude uh and, and for christ's sakes his last name's rude you can't have a, a face whose name is rude like yeah. it's just not how it works like like he comes out there you know with all this you know like this big grand entrance a la Rick Flair and has the you know the, the robe like Rick Flair and Rick Root had and he calls himself glorious like th- those are those are not face moves like at all and you're right it's it's completely like made him just a bland character yeah. that I don't I don't even care what he does at this point and it's it, all those people you named and you could probably add some others to the list those were all characters that were heel characters yeah. and when they got over and the fans loved them they did the same thing. <laughs> yeah. They didn't change it. They didn't morph into a face character. They just happened to be heels who had all the fans on their side. Yeah. Which is so weird to think that we have this modern wrestling issue of who's a heel, who's a face, whatever. Mm. When you can go back and watch wrestling and watch that they, they maintain face heel dynamics in fights, yet still had fans who loved heels or they loved yeah. faces and why was this not a problem then? And now everybody yeah. has turned it into, you have to write a think piece every yeah, time exactly. somebody does this. Like people seem to forget that the Macho Man Randy Savage was a heel for 90% of his career. Um, but everyone loves him. So they just go, Oh no, he was a face. And no, 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 it wasn't. 
that was some of the worst work is when he was a face. Yeah. Like it worked like there were times it worked and then when it went on too long, he started you, know, you can't it's harder yeah. to ride that line. Mm-hmm. And so you have to go back and you have to be a heel. It's it's sort of yeah. where the Randy Orton is right now. It's like if you try to do the face thing, even if you thought that was a good idea, it can only work so long and yeah. you need to get him back in heel mode. Yeah. Uh that was something Randy did. That was something, you know, Ric Flair did it all the time. Yep. Like there is precedent for this, yet I don't know why it seems so strange to both wrestling fans now, and then yeah. apparently it seems strange to the WWE, or at least maybe they're trying to appease the the internet wrestling community a little too much. Maybe. Uh, whatever it is, that was not a good decision. Uh, it hurt Bobby Roode's push. I was ready to cheer for him, you know, going into his run on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And then it just they didn't give me anything to cheer for. Yeah. So... That, that's where I'm at on that. Next up on the categories, we're going to have the best promo. And this one this is another interesting one. I had to go back and I, I was watching a few promos to make sure I remembered them as well as I did and yeah. not just, you know, whatever reason I thought they were great, but they, they weren't that good. Um, this one I think is interesting uh, real quick because we've talked about it with Samoa Joe. I, I'm, I looked. I was trying to find one Samoa Joe one that fit the best promo. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure there is one. Yeah. But he had five or six that's maybe the tier right below it. And if it was part of a more meaningful storyline, it would have been it. Uh, I if, absolutely agree. If there was best promos or best promo work through 2017, mm-hmm. there would be people that would make the argument for The Miz, and I wouldn't give it to him. I'd give it to Samoa Joe. Mm. Uh, for many of the reasons I opened up with earlier about why I think Samoa Joe is a different type of heel than what The Miz is doing. Yeah. He's played the role he didn't need to say things that the fans liked he has just came in straight up as the i can take you down i will take you down yeah and he's played that character so well in promos that you know really half the time i think probably shouldn't work uh that said i went through there wasn't anyone that i i could put over what i went with and honestly i couldn't put one over the one you went with wade what did you go with for best promo I actually uh, did did a lot of uh, I guess research on this one. I, I watched like promo after promo after promo last night, <clears throat> and I, I, I finally settled uh, with the one I picked. Uh, and it was just four simple words: "It's my yard now." Um, it's my yard now. Yeah, with four. contractions. Yeah. <laughs> um, just because like, and, and I watched that, and, and it was still a powerful moment of just Roman Reigns beats the Undertaker at WrestleMania. In the Raw after WrestleMania, he comes out to screaming boos. Like, the loudest boos I've ever heard in wrestling ever. And and, and it was the first time the WWE didn't mute his boos. <laughs> like, they let the boos ring. And he stood out there in the ring for 10 minutes as the crowd made up chants. Every time he would put the mic up to his, to his mouth, the crowd would start chanting something and wouldn't let him speak. The crowd started chanting, fuck you, Roman. Which I didn't realize because I watched it on Hulu. Hulu didn't, they made sure to edit that out. They get rid of some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they started a fuck you Roman chant. I was just like, oh, you don't like, I remember like the old attitude era. There's an asshole chant every night, but like, I haven't heard anything like that for a long time. The crowd chanted fuck you Roman. And he put the mic down and they kept going. He put it back up and they chant something else. He puts it back down. And then finally he just goes, it's my yard now. The boo scream, they hit his music and he walks out. Like, like it was such a, like, I don't think any other promo or any other maybe moment of all uh, had a bigger crowd reaction than, than those four simple words. Um, 
And like I thought, I think you thought too that okay, this is, might be like the the start of uh, Roman Reigns' little heel turn. It wasn't, but um, it's just a moment in time. Like like definitely got the biggest crowd reaction of any anything um, in WWE at all this year. Yeah, and that one was right there on my list as well. Uh, I went a different way because I think that one was the the, the emotion and the the booing that was all palpable. Before he came out, mm-hmm. you know, that was the reaction. That was the response to Roman finishing the rest, his third straight WrestleMania main event, ending the Undertaker's career. They were going to have that level of response. I think he played it to perfection. Yeah. But in terms of how I look at a promo, I, you know, it's what did it mean after that? What did it do after that? Yeah. Uh, it was one moment and it was a moment that was going to happen anyways. Uh, Could have happened worse for him. So it's good that he did it the way he did. Uh, but. It was going to happen. Uh, the one I went with was Cena, Roman Reigns having their, you know, not the first week when the fans just overrode it, mm-hmm. but the second week when they came back. Yeah. Uh, that promo uh, was one that was just well-crafted to the point where people were like, oh, is it is this a work shoot? Is it, did they say this themselves? Mm. Of course they wrote it, you idiots. Uh, <laughs> but it was beautiful. It was great. Uh, the, just the, the whole setup with Cena going the just the realism route going mm. the CM Punk route yeah. of just saying what all of the fans have been thinking and then to have I think even the better moment being Roman stumble you know and then Cena's like well if you're going to be the big dog you're going to have to learn to do a promo champ or whatever he ends up saying and then Roman knocks out best promo that he's done. Like, like you said for yeah. the last one, that that might've been the best moment of Roman's career is that it's my yard now, mm. but that's, that is just saying four words. Roman had a fairly complex promo yeah. that he delivered. Uh, it started off shaky, which actually added to the atmosphere of the promo. The idea that, yeah, he is bad at promos. Yeah. He's going to screw this up. He's Roman. And he then knocked it out of the park and set up, a match that was out of nowhere. I don't think there's been a better promo or a promo where I was that enthralled for something that was just pulled out of a hat. Yeah. You know, like two weeks before, we had no reason to believe there was going to be a John Cena Roman Reigns match. Because why would there? Yeah. You know, why put the two faces together? Why remind fans that Roman Reigns is supposed to be the carbon copy of yeah. John Cena? And instead, not only did they do something that reminded them, they said the words in the promo to remind them. <laughs> and I, I think that moment, and that might, you know, I guess you could argue that it didn't change there, but I think that was the change. Uh, you could add in the shield part, but I think the shield getting back together would have still gave Roman Reigns a fair amount of the booze if he didn't knock that promo out prior to that happening. I think the the work he put in and the John Cena rivalry was the the first steps that made the shield reunion work in his favor and make the shield reunion. You know, we talked about this. Are they going to keep the shield together long enough for Roman to face Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania? Yeah. Cause that's a moment that's been in the making for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's some, it's the one thing that Vince says is going to happen. And it's the one thing the fans said, uh, uh-uh, uh, we are going to riot if this happens. And I, the shield spot is definitely the thing that makes it where it could happen and not be a moment of infamy in wrestling mm-hmm. history. But I think that pro, if, if you don't have that promo with John Cena, 
it doesn't work the same way. It's just cheering for Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, not cheering for Roman, I think is what ends yeah. up happening there. Now, it's also really funny since Seth was the one who broke up the shield to yeah. be the clear-cut one getting the, the cheers, but one that's the fickled wrestling audience. <laughs> so we we knew that already. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, we can move on now. And like we always do, you know, it's best, worst, best, worst. Now we're to the worst. We just had so much fun talking about good promos. Let's talk about bad promos. And I wasn't willing to do the same research for this one as I did for oh, the best promo. Oh, I did. Oh, great. <laughs> Wade went through it. I, I was not quite, uh, ready for that. Um, I really even, I, I was trying to think back and all I had in my head was I was going to pick a Bailey promo, but I couldn't even remember which promo it had to have been like, which was the one that was so bad. And then I was like, you know what? The one that I remember the most was the Corey Graves interview that ends in Bailey doing the awkward hug. Like, give yeah. me a hug, Corey. Yeah. And that was my pick. Uh, that's what I have. I, I there, there were other ones that I could have gone with, uh, but that's the one that probably I will. Is it really bad if I remember it? Now, see, now I'm having yeah. an existential <laughs> crisis. I can't decide. Uh, it's, it's bad. You know, yeah. just flat out. It was bad. That's my pick. Wade, what do you got for the worst promo of 2017? Oh, man, I watched a lot. Um, <laughs> and it, it, it got torn down between, like, I couldn't decide between two. And one was just pretty much all of the promos that Enzo Amore has cut after turning heel. Like, the, the, they've just been, like, for someone that was such a good talker when he was with uh, Cass, like he is now come by himself and, and he is not as good anymore, especially like I thought like him being a heel was just a shoe in like the way he looks, the way he talks. He should be able to do this great. But his, his heel promos where he's trying to insult the 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 damn uh, the rest of the cruiserweights it, like he's almost cutting more of like it, it seems more like a stand up routine than it does a promo and it's fallen flat. And it falls so flat that he has to go and then like address the people heckling him because that's the only noise that's happening in the crowd. There's no booze. There's no cheers. There's just guys heckling him. Um, so it was between that and then um, Jinder Mahal's blatantly racist promo from several <laughs> weeks ago. And I'm probably going to lean more towards that because he just stuck his foot right in his mouth and then got his belt taken away not long after that. Um, yeah. so yeah, out of all the bad promos, like I think it'd have to be somewhere between those two, but there was, Oh, oh boy, where there are lots to choose from. See, and this is, this is where we're going to get one of our first real arguments of the night. Ooh. So I remember very, I remember the last time you had told me, I saw that Enzo promo and it was terrible <clears throat> yeah. and that Enzo promo was terrible. So bad. But that might've been the only one or maybe one around that time frame that were so bad that I didn't like it. And mm. otherwise I think the, the, the humor that he's brought to it and particularly in recent weeks with uh, Drew Gulak next to him, he's gotten jokes, better with Drew Gulak for sure. And then now he's doing this little like romance with Nia Jax. And maybe yeah. at that point you're saying he's not even really a heel anymore, mm. but it is whatever. It seems like now the cruiserweights have had entertaining segments on raw and once again, the line is always going to have to be, are you going to watch 205 Live? And I don't think there's anything that's ever going to make me cross that line. No, um, no. But that's as close as it's getting. Like, not being at a moment where I'm watching a Cruiserweight segment and just being like, I don't care, mm -hmm. which was 90% of the ones before that. Even when Neville was at his top, I think Neville added to his value. Mm -hmm. 
and really nobody else's, even in that Austin Aries uh, rivalry. I think Enzo has added the value. I think he's added the eyes to the other competitors, and it's always going to be on a curve because it's still going to be like, are you willing to watch 205 Live? And the answer is just going to be no for so many people. But they've he's made it where those segments matter those mm-hmm. segments get attention those seg like people are looking forward to his interactions with Drew Gulak each week they're looking forward to his will they won't they with Nia Jax which seems so weird yeah. but apparently is working i uh, i think what he's done since that turn while not classic heel work and i think he was trying that early and it was uh it was very up and down i think is definitely overall his turn has worked for what it's goal was mm. uh th- but that's my opinion that's th- what i what mm. i've seen uh but i could be wrong who knows um <laughs> but yes without a doubt whichever promo that one was and i couldn't find it to figure it out it, that week it just seemed like he was drunk or something i don't know what happened i don't know what was going on uh but then yeah why why even try to hunt down the enzo promos to figure out which one when genders <laughs> racist promo was uh, when when the fans tell you too far but don't do it in a chant they just like yeah, tell oh, you in ooh. kind of a gasp mm, yeah uh, <laughs> that's a good sign that that promo didn't work so um yeah I, I would say that uh that one uh I I would have gone with that if I wouldn't have gone with the the weird Bailey one but I think I couldn't let people forget that the beginning of the oh, year yeah. with Bailey was just a complete bombing of that character that was over well before, you know, Alexa beat her with the kendo stick. Yeah. Uh, so they've had a better luck reviving her character in the, the second half of the year. And we'll see if they can actually make that happen going forward. But yeah, the beginning of the year was so bad. I had to make sure that was on the list. Uh, next up, we're going to do best storyline. Um, you know, it's sad. I, I don't know one cohesive storyline in 2017 that really deserves this award. Yeah. Uh, like I said earlier, the festival of friendship was such a great moment, Yeah. but the storyline itself, the, the parts that were so good about it were in mm-hmm. 2016. Yeah. Um, what happened in 2017 that, you know, it was still good for a while and that, that was a good high point. Uh, but then they kind of, it kind of fell off uh, the tracks there. And then, you know, looking at some other stuff, Cesaro Sheamus, I think was a good long-term storytelling, but once again, their kind of uh, you know disheval was back in 2016, and they were like on the same page as faces, or kind of as faces in 2017. Yeah, uh, I think the the heel turn was pretty solid, but it wasn't a storyline mm. really. Uh, so that one I couldn't really go with, and just looking, there was nothing that I could you know, really find that was made sense, was fun to watch, yeah. still had something going forward, had some meaning and impact. Uh, the only one is uh, Kevin Owens uh, versus Shane. And that's, that's what I picked also. So what about the storyline? Because, you know, we talked about it earlier with the Sami Zayn and his, his his impact on that. Yeah. But it was going strong before that. Yeah. And, you know, it, it even had to overcome the fact that the storyline was pulling away from the potential of AJ Styles and Kevin Owens to have great matches. Like... They were in, you know, that that guest referee match with uh, Shane. Even just having the different levels of interference didn't let us have a traditional AJ versus KO, a great match that we believe they should be capable of. Yeah, I didn't so think they had any great matches, they, to be and, honest. And they really didn't. Yeah. And part of that was the building up of this rivalry, this, you know, set up with Shane. And so this thing, ha- this storytelling had to be so good, it had to make up for what the fans knew was missing, which was... This these potential dream matches between mm-hmm. these two superstars, and I think 
it was rocky for a while, but I think it worked. I I still don't know whether it's worth it. I don't know whether I would trade what they've done mm-hmm. for three just no gimmick AJ Styles Kevin Owens matches. Yeah, but I think. Uh, if it's possible, they've done as close as they can mm-hmm. by building this up and especially going and into 2018. Going. Yeah. I I would have thought if you told, like, we talked about it when they had the guest ref rematch. It's like, why would I want this to build up to a Kevin Owens-Shane match? And I've gotten to, you know, we're a couple months away from WrestleMania and I'm not, I'm not willing to say I wouldn't want to watch that match. Like, mm-hmm. if they do it right, there's a potential that I can at least get something out of that. So I would have to say if they're able to pull that off, particularly with how I feel about those matches, then they've done a pretty good job with the storyline, and that's why I picked it. Yeah, um, and, and, I, and I think <clears throat> with this whole storyline, like, like we were talking about, you know, the moment Sami Zayn pulled Kevin Owens off the table to let Shane fall off the cage through it, you know, that was a huge moment. But I think an even bigger moment than that was Kevin Owens headbutting Vince McMahon. Yeah, definitely. Like, what what a moment. Like, no one has put hands on, on, on McMahon for since... I think 2012, maybe Brock yeah. Lesnar put him in an F5 and broke his hip and everything. You didn't see Vince Vince for a while, but no one's done him since then, and no one's ever made Vince bleed like in a long time. I think maybe like one match versus Hogan at WrestleMania, he bled a lot, um, and probably some other ones, but like not recently because there's no blood on WWE TV. And Owens headbutted. It was the headbutt heard around the world, man. Like split him wide open. I think that that was like a career-making move for Kevin Owens that, like, that kind of, like, I think that was Vince McMahon's, st- st- like, stamp of approvals. Like, all right, you come out here and headbutt me, and we'll we'll make sure you're over for the rest of your time <laughs> here. Um, so, yeah, like, <clears throat> and but but you're completely right with the cohesive storylines. Like, what other storylines played out, and, have, and, like, this one's still playing out. Um, so, yeah, but, yeah, definitely best one of this year. All right, for worst storyline, I don't even think we have to take too much time. Uh, uh, we've went over these picks earlier with our yeah. discussion, but we'll we'll make sure that you know which ones they are. Uh, my pick, Jason Jordan. As much as I've uh, liked Jason Jordan, I like what he's done yeah. with this terrible storyline. There's no doubt that Jason Jordan being Kurt Angle's son, illegitimate child, is the worst storyline for me of 2017. What do you got? Um, yeah, uh, Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt. We really could have picked anything Bray Wyatt's done in the last year. Like, yeah. They, they've failed him immensely, or he's failed himself, or yeah. whatever it is. If he would have had that Sister Abigail match, I think that would have been my pick. <laughs> but luckily, <laughs> we just have the House of Horrors match to look fondly back Thank on. Thank you, meningitis. <laughs> uh, so next up, we're going to go best babyface. And I, the next two categories, the best, best babyface, best heel. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to clarify, I mean, these winners should, like, you could argue they should be the wrestler of the year yeah. at the top of our rankings that we'll have at the end. Uh, but I, I look at these awards a little bit differently. I look at them as the top, you know, faces and heels that fit what we consider a face and a heel. Yeah. And a lot of the top guys are tweeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the way that they've played it, they haven't, they don't play to that old style of face heel. And so this is who has kind of fit that mold over the last year. Wade, what are your picks for or what is your pick for best babyface? AJ Styles. And I got the same one as you. Uh, there's really not a, somebody else who has been in the type of high-profile matches Mm-mm. and has just been a babyface, like not doing things yeah. to kind of like skirt the lines. That's just what he is, and it's actually sort of what he was before they like they made him heal. But yeah, he was just, I was just gonna he say he was this like uh, you know 
dollar store version of a yeah. heel. And even uh, when he was a heel, he was one of the best baby faces they had. <laughs> like, yeah, like I think I think he's kind of like in the same um, like in in the same category as like like almost a Rey Mysterio is just like you're gonna get cheered no matter yeah. what. Like the people just like you. You can do whatever. You're never gonna be a heel because like they like you too yeah. much. They're especially with WWE um, fans. Like they're so happy to finally have AJ Styles there that like. He can do no wrong. Yeah, and I think Jr. was the one who tried to say a lot of it was the idea that uh, if you do high flying moves, you know, you do a phenomenal forearm. It's mm-hmm. like you can't really be booed. And you know, I would have probably gone along with that if not for the fact Neville did it so well. He's still doing a you know 450 splash and yeah. just getting booed to high hell. So it really is just kind of how the fans like you, what role you play, and what you know yeah. just what you're able to pull out of you know the the broader audience and I think AJ Styles should have always been a face definitely showed it over the last year worked out pretty well next up best heel uh Wade what do you got see I almost picked the same person you picked but for the same reason I picked my uh, my choice uh and I picked Kevin Owens um just because uh no matter what he does he ends up getting over like he ends up getting cheered and as soon as he starts getting cheered He'll take those cheers away and do something terrible, um, like with the festival of friendship, with um, with his in like even like before that, like even like the stuff he's done, you know, in the past, not even this year. That that's just what happens. Kevin Owens shows up, people love him, he gets the cheers, and then he just takes the you know rug out from under everybody and goes, "No, I'm a heel. You guys are gonna boo me," um, and he just continuously does that. And he, I mean, he was a Universal Champ this year. Um, I mean, uh, well, maybe not this year towards the end because he did lose the Goldberg. He lost you know? it at Fastlane, so he was okay, still Universal so, yeah. Champion. So, so, so yeah, he was Universal Champ. I mean, he, the big get of like, whoa, he's going over to SmackDown now. Oh, boom, he's U.S. Champ, you know, immediately. The new face of America. And then that goes straight into, you know, the storyline we're in now with him and Shane McMahon, you know, where he headbutts Vince and then he teams up with Sammy. Like, like... Th- they're doing such a good job with him and I don't know if it's him it's Vince whoever it is but they're keeping him going they're keeping him in important storylines and even the storylines he gets put in that aren't important like he'll heal his way into making it like interesting um just the shit talking he does in the ring um he's just like I don't know he's incredible like one of the best heels um around right now um but the same reason I almost picked your pick is for the same reasons I, I picked Kevin Owens um so what, what what was your pick? My pick is Samoa Joe. It's a solid uh, pick. <laughs> I I think this one, Kevin Owens was one that you know, <coughs> we talk about the like classic heel. Mm-hmm. I think so much of the reason I love the, the Shane McMahon storyline is how much that Shane is like, he's either going to be the heel or he's going to be pushed right up to the edge of it. And that, you know, Kevin Owens at different times, like he's just so entertaining that you're mm-hmm. going to like him. Yeah. And... I think Samoa Joe is the one who's done the best job of just not, even when that happens, mm-hmm. he, he does the best job of knocking it down and yeah. week to week. Like you said, Kevin Owens is more like he lets it keep building up. Mm-hmm. And then there's one moment where he's like, no, you're supposed to hate me. Yeah. Uh, Samoa Joe has just, he does not break character. Yeah, no, uh, he's great. He he has been an old school, just beat him up. He'll not, we've had various like, Heels that have met the criteria, mm-hmm. but they're tucked their tail heels. Yeah, Samoa Joe is able to do it. It's very rare that you're able to do that, and I can clearly see that you're still a heel. Yeah, you end up becoming more of a face over time. Mm-hmm. Samoa Joe is not a lot. It, it, it's it's like a steady line. There's mm-hmm. no there's no deviation. There's no up and down. He's just been a pure heel 
from the get go. Yeah. And to be able to do it at the level he's doing that, both in the ring and on the mic, to do it from storyline to storyline, to bounce around from first you're going taking out Seth Rollins, then you're deciding the you're after Roman Reigns, now you're after Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar, one yeah. that is he supposed to be the face of the heel? Who knows? Who Samoa knows? Joe's like, well, you're the face now, and I'm yeah. gonna make sure that happens. Yeah. To be able to do that so clearly was a skill that I, I just couldn't pass over. As much as Kevin Owens deserves it as well. I thought Samoa Joe, based on the way I was viewing it, I had to pick him for best heel. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, like I was torn between the two. I'm just a bigger Owens fan. Um, I was hoping you would go Samoa Joe. You didn't fail me. So um, yeah, I'm glad he definitely got mentioned because if you didn't mention him, I was going to bring him up for just like continuing that. Like, oh, people love Samoa Joe, but he lets them know he does not love you. Yeah. Um, that's great. Good heel work. Good, good badass heel work without being that I'm a cool heel. Yeah. Like he's he's doing it, doing it great, doing it better than anyone else. I will say that. And next up, we're gonna go feud of the year. Uh, category has a few good runner-ups, but there was no way this was going to anybody yeah. but these two. Uh, Wade, take it away. I didn't even have to think about this one. Uh, Roman Reigns and Braun. And no doubt, that's the one. So uh, good. And it still, it's, it's one that every time it finishes, we want more. We're yeah. waiting for more, and at some point we're going to get more. And to do that, and like I'm not mad at the WWE for going away from it, mm-hmm. but I'm also like normally you'd blame them. Like, why would you go away from something that's yeah. so hot? It's like, no, this one they've done the right things, they made the right moves, and now I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm gonna be so excited the next time Braun randomly comes out and just just bashes Roman Reigns. Yeah. You know it's gonna happen. Yeah, and it's gonna be great when it happens. He's not finished with him yet. Yeah. <laughs> so and he can just say that whenever he yeah, wants to. Whatever. So perfect feud. It's gone great and. Yeah, they're, they're, there's not even another one that's even close. No, I just keep going back to that ambulance smash they had. Like, like yeah. I don't know, their whole, like, like whether Reigns won or Strowman won or whoever won in their matches, like, they both ended up looking strong at the end of it. Like, it was good for, I think it did good for both of their careers. Yeah, definitely. Uh, last one here, we have the match of the year. Mm. This one, eh, you, you can go so many ways. You go best wrestled, most impactful. Maybe it's just the, you know, your favorite wrestler got mm-hmm. over whatever it is. There's different criteria. Uh, I just, you know, I, I think it's a very interesting category. Wade, tell us your pick and then go into a little bit of the explanation of why this was the match of the year for you. Um, I got to go with the uh, Samoa Joe versus Finn Balor versus Roman Reigns versus <laughs> Seth Rollins versus Bray Wyatt. Um, the fatal five way at, at extreme rules. That was uh, definitely my match of the year. It was, it was raw putting all their eggs in one basket and going, okay, these are all the guys we have to offer you. Like, like, and they put them all in one match and it was a cohesive match for, for having five people in there. It was great. Um, the whole, uh, Samoa Joe and Bray Wyatt kind of teaming up to take out everyone else was fantastic. Uh, Finn Balor coming back. You get to see Rollins and Reigns in the same match together. Um, like it was just all around just like, a ended up being a perfect storm uh, of a match, especially for like a main event. Um, when you're, when you're uh, title holders, Brock Lesnar, and you're not going to see him very much, you know, you got to come up with something interesting. And it was a good, exciting match between, I, I think Raw's top five guys. I mean, you could maybe throw a couple other guys up in there, but those are the top five clearly. Um, 
and, and, and they made it work with, with a match that like I wasn't so sure about. I was like, well, you know, the rest of the pay-per-view is going to be pretty boring with all their best guys in one match. And the rest of the pay-per-view was yeah. kind of boring. <laughs> but that match was made up for everything. It made up for so much that was going wrong with the WWE and Monday Night Raw at the time. Um, and like I'd watch it again. I'd watch that match right now. Um yeah, like like especially like because that was right after the superstar shakeup, and, and like like we all thought that Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens were going to be kind of doing like a little team up thing, and it didn't happen. Um, but then you got to see actually Samoa Joe team up with Bray Wyatt, and I I don't it was the best maybe best Bray Wyatt match of the, of the rest of the year. He hasn't had yeah. any good ones since then, and he hasn't been on top since then. I think he had a the Bray Wyatt Finn Balor match where Finn got injured was good until the finish. Mm. Um, or maybe the one before that where at some point he was chucking Finn Balor across the ring. I was yeah, like, oh, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, they obviously didn't do anything with that, but that, I think that it was fun. And off topic anyways, yeah, that mm-hmm. that five way, fatal five-way, that was Extreme Rules, right? Mm-hmm. The It's a pay-per-view about Extreme Rules. And there, what, there was, was there one Extreme Rules match? Like, I don't even know if, if there was if that. Any, was if it, any. Stop naming pay-per-views yeah. that have in the name a gimmick. Yeah. And then never running the gimmick. I yeah. get Hell in the Cell is not going to be five Hell in the Cell matches, yeah. but like you can't name a pay per view Extreme Rules and like yeah, one they, match is like sort of Extreme Rules and the rest are like eh, they're just singles matches. They can just switch the name to Kendo Stick Rules because <laughs> that's all they're using anymore. <laughs> so yeah, I, that one I really liked. I had a tough time because I was trying to decide whether I liked that one better than the the Fatal Four Way that was what was it. Lesnar, Joe, Roman, and Braun. Yeah, uh, yeah, that and, was that was that was definitely up there too. And I think for me, I kind of uh, was a little bit different than you. I thought that one was a little bit higher, but still not even my top match. And actually, I'm going to tell you, my runner-up, mm-hmm. neither of those two either. My runner-up was the last woman standing match between Nikki Cross yeah. and Oscar. I solid, thought it was amazing. Man. I loved it. Uh, but the one I went with, and, and I didn't even think about this until right now, the Shield versus the Bar, yeah. No Mercy. The Thwist Thyborg incident. Thwist Thyborg. <laughs> Without a doubt for me, that was the best one because you That's had... so good. I, for something terrible to have happened to Cesaro and for him to still stick with it, uh, I was so impressed and it just, you know, it's like you don't want that to happen, but man, did it add to the atmosphere of the match. Having Cesaro just running around with just blood just coming out at all points in time. Yeah. Uh, same match that I, I assume that was the start of Dean Ambrose's uh, triceps injury because mm. he gets injured on the outside with that and he has to go through. And at one point in the match, Cesaro was doing a crippler cross face to Dean Ambrose with blood dripping down his face yeah. and doing the cross face holding Dean Ambrose's hurt arm in between his legs to, to do that move. And it was so great. I know the ending, I remember it being a little bit awkward. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was... I think the finish is Sheamus accidentally bro kicking uh, Cesaro off the apron. Then, as Dean Ambrose is trying to do his little DDT, yeah, Sheamus yeah, yeah. pushes him against the rope. Seth Rollins quickly does his little what do they call it now? Ripcord? Is that what Corey Gray is called? The knee? Oh yeah, sure. A uh, flying knee. Uh, whatever he does, yeah. he flips him around, does the knee. The knee sends Sheamus over to get a DDT. It was a little bit awkward, but I know what they were going for. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was uh, okay in to what I thought was a phenomenal match. Uh, And then just, yeah, for that to be the moment where Cesaro has his teeth knocked up into his jaw. Jesus. And, well, you know, into his mandible or upper Close enough. I'll call it a jaw. 
I, I don't know anatomy. I don't know any of this science <laughs> stuff. Uh, but I do know that Cesaro is a badass. Yeah. He stayed with it. Yep. Great match. And, you know, there was other ones that we could have up there. There are early ones in the year. I actually was thinking Elimination Chamber for a little while. Because that I, yeah. moment, yeah. that wasn't a great wrestled match. But Bray Wyatt winning and to, you know, to get it over John yeah. Cena. Uh, for Miz to get eliminated, like, immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh all of it, uh, yeah. so great. That uh, was yeah, it was yeah, there was some good ones. So you know, I was trying to think back, but that one was definitely one that I remember finishing and just was excited as I could be. Like, couldn't be more excited if I was a fourteen-year-old wrestling fan watching it, which is not often in the PG era that I could say that. Uh, so that's definitely my pick. Um, that's all of our individual awards. Solid. We do have, and we went so long on this one, we have our top 10 wrestlers of 2017. And I think we're going to save that for okay. next time. We're going to package it up with a lot of topics because right now I'm on media blackout for Wrestle Kingdom 12. Uh, waiting it out. They're going to have it on Access TV. So nobody tweet that at me. But if you want to <laughs> tweet some other stuff, right now we just started the Making a Mark Wrestling Show Twitter handle. It's at M-A Mark Wrestling. And we will start to have some pro wrestling content. That's where we're going to start to have the links to the podcast. And I'm excited to get that going. But, you know, all that good WrestleMania Kingdom 12 content. Don't have it quite yet. I want to watch it. I'm going to watch it legally, you know, unlike Wade over here. I'm not going to watch it legally. (laughs) I'm going to YouTube that shit tonight. But we should, by the next podcast, have some takes on the match everybody's talking about, Omega versus Jericho, a lot of other good matches on Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. We're probably going to watch the top end of the card. Don't expect us to review the bottom end. That's not what we do, people. Uh, but we also <laughs> have some other great stuff. Things, The club reunion, we haven't got to talk oh, about that. Man. We've barely gotten into the Wyatt Hardy Great War. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, talking about the Women's Royal Rumble, yeah. that's going to be a big thing, especially with surprise entrance, yeah. even though they're apparently just telling people, oh, Beth Phoenix is in it. Great surprise. <laughs> How do you not know the concept for your own pay-per-view event? God, guys. But there's a lot of stuff for us to talk about. We'll get to that on the next episode of the Making a Mark Wrestling Show. See you next time. Later. Later.